Welcome in to Right Hand, Left Hand. I'm Jonathan Lopez. You can call me John. I'm here with more, my boy, my brother, Josh Sparks. Very excited to have you all here with us on this, the very first episode of our brand new podcast. Josh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. Yeah, man, always. Love it. Um, yeah, man, we, we hey, did the podcast. We did mine uh, last year a little bit, and uh, we just got to talking and we came up with this. Uh, looks, we should. Uh, we got a good fight car coming up. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That's mainly one of the reasons why we decided to start it. Um, and the funny thing is, we didn't plan this whole red shirt, blue shirt either. If you didn't notice that. No, I didn't notice that. That actually, <laughs> that actually works out really nice. Because, uh, you know, you and I, we're we're best friends, but we have really uh, contrasting viewpoints on a lot of things. We're here for some some MMA talk, some debate. Um, I am a biologist. You are in real estate. So uh, we'll probably touch on those topics a little bit over the course of the pod. And we're not going to limit ourselves to just to just MMA. Although, uh, you know, when we first met in Nashville, that was one of the first things that that was a sticking point in our relationship that made us such good friends. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I took you to your your first UFC event there in Nashville. Um, we don't really I don't remember much of it other than no. a couple of things that happened that night. We'll definitely touch on those later on because we can make a whole damn podcast off of that. That's right. A lot of a lot of vodka and a lot of mischief that night. That's for sure. Um, but man, UFC 259 this weekend, this Saturday, right? Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're not going to go through the whole card because nobody wants to hear us talk for that long and we could go for that long. Um, but I figured we'd go ahead and start with the Joseph Benavidez and Asker Askarov fight. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> give me the odds on that. So right now I'm looking at uh, Benavidez plus 110 uh, and Askarov minus 134. Um, so we each picked one fight from the prelims. Uh, that was the fight that you picked, right? Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is, you know, this is going to be a very interesting fight. Um, as I was watching, I, I went back today and watched a little video on both of them. Um, and and Joseph Benavidez, his seven losses, two to Figgy, who's a champ now, two to Dominic Cruz, who was a champ when he lost to him, two to Demetrius Johnson, probably the greatest flyweight ever, and then to Sergio Pettis. I mean, those losses, they're to the best in the world. I mean, you're um, right, but, man, he got he got worked by Figgy in those he last did. two fights. He, he looked... did. And, and it's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in this next fight and how he recovers from that because he did. He it was just brutal, the second fight. The first fight, I thought he did pretty good that first round and then just got, you know, annihilated uh, after that. And then even going back to uh, Askarov, so his one draw is to Brandon Moreno. I know. <laughs> so it's interesting, but I went back and watched some of his fights too. Tim Elliott was able to take him down pretty easily. Uh, Pantoja took his back. And, you know, I think the key to this fight is going to be the wrestling of uh, Joseph Benavidez. I think him with that unauthorized, 
unorthodox striking that he has. He throws big looping shots, kicks, uh, the teeth kicks as well. It's going to make a difference. And just, you know, I've gone back and forth. I had Askarov um, going before I actually went back and rewatched some of the fights. And he just didn't look good, man. He was getting beat up in those fights that he, he ended up winning. He pulled him out. Um, but I think the experience is going to take over. And I'm going with Joseph Benavidez. And I like him as the underdog as well. So you think you think Askarov got beat up in that Tim Elliott fight? He did in some portions, yes. I mean, he took some he took some shots there towards the end in the third round, but I don't know, man. I, I thought he was working Tim Elliott pretty good, and I think it was just the chin on Tim Elliott. I mean, that guy's nuts, it's and his, just the way he moves is so and weird. Definitely and gave it's hard to Demetrius hit, right? t- yeah, it gave Demetrius one of his toughest title fights back before he lost to Cejudo, for sure. Yeah, Tim Elliott's on this card too, right? He's in the early prelims. He so is. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure who he's fighting. I can't remember. Uh, he's got Jordan Espinoza, so that actually could be a pretty decent fight as well. But like you said, we don't have time to cover every single fight. Um, but I'll no. certainly be watching that. So back to the back to the Askarov and Benavidez fight, though. I'm all in on Askarov. I'm going to be honest with you. I just Benavidez is 36 years old, and just the damage that he took in that uh that that I mean both of man oh my god both those like, he took a lot of damage I I just don't know if he can if he can withstand the power that Askarov has in those early rounds like yeah I mean we'll just, see I just don't see it happening for him that's why we uh we don't agree on everything so and I'm going I'm I'm putting my money on the underdog in this fight I like it um, I like the odds. All right. Well, we gotta we gotta keep track of of our records here, so we can brag and see who knows see who knows best later on. As All things. right. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and write that down for us. That way we can keep track of that. Right on. So we're off to a good start. Uh, disagreeing already. I remember on uh, on your podcast on Sparks Your Interest when I was on there the last time. We did a we did a preview for gosh I don't even remember which card it was but I believe it was a was it um the December card was it the um I don't remember either I'm, I'm telling you man oh, I don't well. recall but I'm telling you we agreed on just about every single thing and that made for I a remember pretty boring that. discussion uh, I to remember anybody that. who was listening I feel sure so so I got Joey B and you're taking Askarov correct. That's right, baby. Number two versus number three. All right, so who did you pick off the prelims? Who did you like? What fight did you like? I chose the featured prelim, Dominic Cruz and Casey Kinney, which I was telling you, honestly, this could be a a fight that could headline a fight night, in my opinion. I mean, really any of these, (laughs) almost any of these cards on the the second, you know, the late prelims could, could headline their own. Fight night oh, hell, even 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 any of the the fights on the pay per view that aren't uh, the title fights could headline. Absolutely, this is just a stacked card, top to bottom, and I'm really looking forward to just sitting my ass in a chair and watching. Gosh, was it going to be about seven hours of fights? Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm COVID. gonna. I haven't been drinking this week just so I can prepare myself for that, <laughs> and then. Uh, I'm going to switch back and forth for the first little bit because, you know, my Tar Heels are playing Duke at six, so I'm going to watch a little bit of that. 
That's right. We both love our college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a NC State Wolfpacker. Josh is a North Carolina Tar Heel guy. So that's another thing. If you thing. can't tell from the back in my office here. That's right. Josh has got his Sports Illustrated uh, cover. Who's that on the cover right there? That is uh, that's Kenny Meeks when they played Gonzaga. When they came oh, back right. after losing the, the following year. Well, I got Gonzaga uh, running pretty much uncontested through March Madness this year, but hopefully we can talk about that um, here yeah, in a couple of weeks for a little bit. But Yeah, it's coming up. Back to this Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny fight. I am excited for this fight. Um, Dominic Cruz, obviously the, the veteran in the matchup, kind of, in my opinion, uh, a risk that he didn't really have to take. I think he could have. I think he could have gotten a better matchup if we're being honest. Now, Casey Kinney's a rising star in the bantamweight division, but is he, is he ranked? No, he's not ranked. Uh, he hasn't, I mean, he looked good in his last couple of fights. He, uh, he beat uh gosh, I don't remember the guy's first Nathan, name, but Alatang. So Nathaniel Wood was the last fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the previous one, it was Alatang who he looked pretty good against Alatang. And then, Versus Nathaniel Wood, I think that there could have been an argument made that that he lost that fight. Um, he certainly won the third round. Uh, Wood got a big hematoma on his head and just looked beat up by the end of the fight. Um, both those guys, they, they just came out at an unbelievable pace and then got a little bit gassed towards the end. And, and yep. Casey Kinney threw some heavy hands there late in the fight that, it ended up, that ended up getting him the victory. But it was by no means a spectacular you know, domination of Nathaniel Wood. Um, now Nathaniel Wood is talented, but he's obviously no Dominic Cruz, right? What do you mean, Kennedy? I'm not sorry, Kenny? I mean, either one of them. I'm just, from an opponent standpoint okay, for okay, Casey okay. Kenny, he hasn't faced yeah. anybody with the skill set and the, the talent that Dominic Cruz has. And Dominic Cruz is, what, 35, 36 years old. Um, yeah. But I feel like that tends to affect you more in these lighter weight classes, especially because of the, the speed with which speed. these guys move, right? Casey Kenny's certainly got that. I don't yeah. know. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so absolutely. So um, for Dominic, you know, he hasn't won a fight since 2016. Um, he, like you said, he is 35. Um, his last two fights were against Cody Garbrandt, who – absolutely put a showcase against him and Henry Cejudo who knocked him out. Um, so granted I, that was real quick. I just think it's a little unfair to hold it, uh, hold that one. You said he hasn't won since 2016, but he's only fought once and it was against Henry Cejudo. And yeah, well, he, he did take Cody an L too. in that. That was in 2016. I thought. Yeah. And, and like I said, he, it's not to his that he hasn't fought that long. I mean, he had injuries. He had the ACL, and then he had the Achilles. Um, you know, he's got that awkward fighting style that I like, and, and that he that made him a dominant champion. That you know, the closest thing that I saw to that was T.J. Dillashaw at his best. I mean, granted, T.J. You know how you know how I feel about steroids. Once you once you get caught with that, now nah, I'm done with you. I love T.J., but. We'll have, we'll have this. That would be another discussion. But yeah, I mean, I like Dominic in this fight. You know, using the angles uh, that he he creates, it's going to be hard uh, for Casey to to hit him to catch him with those big shots. Um, 
and like you said before, I mean, I, who, who's he? He hasn't fought Adam. He hasn't fought you know anybody in the top fifteen that's been been there, done that kind of thing. And I think, the, like I said, experience does play a factor in a lot of these fights when you're looking into them, especially on this card. Um, I think you got a lot of the older guys fighting the younger guys, and we'll see how it goes. Um, for me. Um, well, this is your fight. You pick it. You go first. Let's see what you got. I want to hear what you your thoughts. So this on... is what I see happening here. And our odds right now are uh, Dominic Cruz plus 110, Casey Kinney minus 137, which I think is an absolute travesty um, for a guy uh, with the resume that Dominic Cruz has. And I, I'm picking Cruz, right? So I don't think Casey Kenny's going to be able to, to catch him with those shots that have got him on this win streak. I think that unorthodox kind of movement that, that Dominic Cruz has will be a substantial challenge for Casey Kenny to, to match. And I think Dominic Cruz has a gas tank to just avoid those shots uh, in round one, uh, start doing some work in round two, and then in round three, really take command of the fight. Um, maybe take Casey Kinney down. Um, I don't think Casey Kinney's going to have any success whatsoever if he tries to take Dominic down. Um, and so I really just think Dominic Cruz has more paths to victory and is probably going to uh, get himself back in the win column with this one. I like the pick. Um, you know, I, I've been going back and forth on this one. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Dom too as well. I think you know, the experience, the angles of footwork. Um, he's just not going to be there to hit. He's not Cody Garbrandt. He's not going to catch him like he did. I mean, he's not – he doesn't have the speed. Um, he's got the power, but he, he's just – his Dom's just going to be too much for him. The fight IQ is going to be too much. And like you said, even the wrestling is going to play a factor. I think if Dom uses that, he wins pretty easily. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, you know – 30-26 on one of the scorecards. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I think uh, uh, just the hype train with Casey Kenny is what's leading to those, I think, uh, inappropriate odds right there. But yeah. So we'll agree I on agree. that one. Both going dominant cruise right there, especially at the, at the plus money. I think that's a, that's a good value bet to make right there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now for, you know, my main card pick, um, I mean, we only have, we had one of each really right. so, other than the title fights. So I actually went with, uh, Islam Makachev versus, uh, Drew Dober and, you know, it's your classic wrestler versus striker. Um, Islam, he's got to get the fight to the ground. He does have KO power. He knocked out Clayson T-Bow within the first minute. Um, but his success is to get him to the ground, just like he, his coaches could be. He's going to be in your face. He's going to be tough. He's a Dagestan wrestler, and he's got to. I think he's got to submit him or just grind out a decision in this. Uh, Dober, he's got to catch him. He's got to. He's a, a talented striker, powerful. Got that real uh, one punch KO power. Uh, you know his weakness. He's been submitted before, and I can see that very easily happening in this fight with uh, early submission, uh, late into the first round, early second. 
So Islam is actually the biggest favorite on this entire card, top to bottom. Got him at minus 130, or sorry, minus 335. And mm-hmm. Dober, Dober being plus 250. So you could argue that there's some some value on Dober to get a knockout there. Yeah, and that's and that's what you're going to have to count on is getting that KO. I mean, I there's mean, really no willing, other way. No. He's not going to get a decision, and he's not going to submit him. Because to me, Dober is just kind of this, like, gatekeeper guy who's always hovering at the outskirts of the top 15. You know, he's been around. But with a guy like Islam, who – Dagestani wrestler, up-and-comer, that style's been – Really pretty I mean, unstoppable. Dover, and Dover's tough, man. I mean, he's fought Vanille Dariush, you know, and lost a decision to him. I mean, he's a tough guy. And, uh, I mean, you see how good Dariush has looked recently. So, yeah, I mean, you don't hang around the way is, he he has. This is without... definitely going to be a, a good coming out party for Islam, I believe. And then I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him get somebody in the top ten, that top five range. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like we're both going Islam here. I'm not sure how much how much more there is to really address with this one, just because you know such a prohibitive favorite and exactly. We and, it, and we for seem me, to agree. Yeah, I mean, I like. I mean, it was tough to pick a, a main card fight, but you know, I liked the Islam and Khabib storyline and that. You know, we'll, we'll get to see Khabib again. You know, I think he's. I think Khabib's retired, but we'll see. But like I said, I'm going Islam. Uh, I haven't been my DraftKings lineup as well. Guys, I, I'm going to put out a DraftKings lineup uh, later on for us, and uh, John will do picks for you as well later on, what he likes. That's right. Um, so I chose the uh, the Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic fight. This is another huge matchup. Really excited for this one. Tiago Santos last time out took a loss by submission to Glover Teixeira. He threw some heavy shots in that first round and then uh, wound up getting submitted. Uh, He got pretty gassed out pretty quickly, honestly. Um, And then Rakic in his last fight, um, he fought Anthony Smith, headlined a fight night. Uh, looked great, in my opinion, against a guy who is very tough. Everyone respects Anthony Smith. Uh, he's got a a, a a great resume. And so he's that's a really Lionheart, good win man. for somebody. That's right, Lionheart, baby. Um, and so Rakic, in my opinion, is really a rising star in the division. He's on his way up. Um, and this is a, this is a tough one to pick. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I could see Rakic is pretty quick on his feet, right? You got to be to beat a guy like like Lionheart. Tiago Santos, more of a bruiser, right? Bigger guy. So, honestly, in my opinion, just the way that, that Tiago Santos got gassed out against Glover Teixeira, I think Rakic is, is quicker than Teixeira, and I think he'll be able to dodge those shots. Um I can see see Santos catching him, probably. Santos, uh, right now our odds are plus 138 for Santos. Rakic is minus 167. So a little bit of a favorite there for Rakic. I think, um, you know, that that Glover Teixeira loss is probably hurting him. 
But, you know, he did hang in there with John Jones, right? So certainly not a guy that you can count out. What do you think? Yeah, so here are my notes I've got. I was looking at it while you were talking. Um, and my notes on Rakich was he is okay with trading in the pocket with guys. And that's what I, I looked at a lot of his fights. That's trouble. And, and that's not good when you're no. trading with Tiago. I mean, I just – for me, um, I have Tiago in my DraftKings lineup. I'm going with him. Uh, I think he's got great value. And, and coming off those two losses, one, he had he, – I mean, he blew out his knee against John. I thought he won that fight. I thought he beat John. Then he comes back against Glover. You know, it's his first fight in over a year. It's a tough fight to come back to. Glover is no slouch. He's the number one contender, and rightfully so. Um, I think you're going to see a different Tiago than you saw against Glover, and I'm going with uh, Tiago by KO in probably second second round. So I'm going to take Rakich by decision. I'm not super confident in it for all the reasons that you just mentioned. However, I am not going to bet this fight, I don't think. I think this is one I'm going to pass on just because it's such an even matchup. And, you know, if it was if it was minus 110, uh, mm -hmm. even odds for both guys, right? I guess not even odds, but the same odds, rather, for both guys, um, I would probably... I would probably go Rakich. I think he's really talented, and I think this is really his big opportunity to vault himself up towards probably a number one contender fight uh, with Glover Teixeira, I think, would, yeah. would be the next the logical next step if he's able to get this victory here. But that actually brings up an interesting question that I want to ask you is, if Diago Santos wins this fight, what does that mean for him? Because he just lost to Glover. Right. Um, I think it really all depends on what happens in the main event. I think if Jan wins, uh, Jan and Glover will fight. Then whoever wins this fight will fight the winner of that. Or maybe they'll have to fight one more. Um, because, you know, Glover is there now cutting weight and just for the backup to in case something happens to Izzy or Jan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it just really depends on what happens in that main event. And who wins this fight? You know, if, if Rakage wins and then Jan wins, I, I you'll see, um, you'll see Jan and uh, Glover, and then they'll probably wait and give Rakage the title fight. That probably be. Yeah, my, I, I my agree guess. with that. I agree with that. I think Tiago will have to fight one more guy. Uh, probably. Uh, oh man, what's the other guy's? Yuri. Probably if he wins his fight, he'll probably have to fight him. Right on. So let's just recap our picks here from the four fights that we discussed. So in the prelims, yep. I took Askarov, you took Benavidez. Then we yep. both took Dominic Cruz to beat Casey Kinney. Yep. Then okay. in our two main card fights that are not championship fights, I'm going Rakic, you're going Tiago Santos. Mm -hmm. And then we both are in agreement that Islam is going to outgrapple Drew Dober and get a pretty easy W right there. That's right. Uh, All right. Let's get to the well, meat of the card now. 
yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and start moving into the three championship fights. Man, this is this is really exciting. Um, you know, you can say what you will about the what you think is going to happen in the Amanda Nunes fight, but we'll go through them in uh, in chronological order because I think these these other two men's fights are going to be absolutely electric. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first, we got Peter Yan versus Aljo. Um, this is a, I think this is a fight other than, uh, if, listen, I didn't like the Peter Yan Jose Aldo title fight. I thought that was BS. I thought, you know, you could have gave that, you should have, this should, this fight should have already happened in that place. Um, you don't think Jose Aldo should have been fighting for that? No, absolutely not. I think it was a name (laughs) and I think, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Jose's old man. He, I, I watched him back in the WEC days. He's just not the same fighter. He's he done, dude. Uh, but you know, whatever. Jan's a champ. Uh, everybody wants to call him paper champ. Whatever. He's a champ. It, no matter what you look at it, he's a champ. Uh, he's tough. He's got great stand up. Muay Thai is phenomenal, and he has KO power like you wouldn't believe at bantamweight. And Absolutely. he will put your lights out. And those leg kicks he was hitting um, Jose with, they were brutal. And same, and I mean, they were just trading leg kicks there. Uh, Aljo, great wrestler. He's got that unorthodox striking, very similar to like a dominant cruise, the way they move their shoulders. Um, you know, he's light on his feet. Uh, he's long, um, you know. And what a performance he put on against Corey Sanhagen. I mean, you talk about a perfect fight. That's the perfect fight. You could have, I mean, for him. Yeah, I mean, he looked great. Um, I believe uh, I believe I had him in that fight, too. So he looked even better to me. <laughs> um, now, the one thing I will say about, um, about, about Sterling is, yeah, he has a lot of momentum coming in. I think he's on, what, a five-fight win streak. Um, yeah, something like that, yeah. Well, his last and, three have been against uh, Jimmy Rivera, Pedro Munoz, and Corey Sanhagen. And we just watched Pedro and, and Rivera, and that was probably – that was I think that was the fight of the night. It's an excellent fight. That was yeah. a great fight. I really enjoyed that one. Um, and then the title fight uh, last week uh, was was a total dud mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, with Cyril Gaon just dancing around the entire time and staying out of reach of, of Carzinho. But um, – well, that's another. Yeah, another we don't need to. We don't need to get into that and start. We don't even need to talk get, about that one, that fight any. <laughs> that's right. Nobody needs to talk about that fight. Oh man, uh, it makes me a little bit angry. But this is a uh, this is interesting right here, and there is actually huge value on Peter Yan right here. I think because this is one where you've got split odds on the fighters, right? Minus one ten on both guys, and I think that's an absolute steal because, as I mentioned a moment ago. Sure, Aljo's got momentum coming in. Uh, he looked great in those last three fights, um, almost flawless against Sandhagen, who is obviously a beast, right? We just saw that flying knee about a month ago that was just absolutely unbelievable. However, Peter Jan's a different beast, man. You mentioned the power. Um, one thing that is a little bit underrated is going to be that takedown defense, right? So Aljo's a volume guy. Um, not a power guy, even on his takedowns, he's a volume guy, not an efficiency guy, right? 
And so he'll shoot from distance and try to take you down. But Jan's takedown defense is excellent. Um, I don't know how thoroughly it's really been tested, um, especially recently. But the guy's really stout. And Aljo's more of a, uh, a lanky guy like me, a long, skinny kind of guy. Um, so I, I don't see him being able to take Jan down. I see Peter Jan probably getting a knockout in this fight is going to be my pick. Uh, I could also see him winning by decision. Um, I could see Aljo getting him in some, some clinch situations, but just, just enough to make it to a decision. I don't see Aljo winning a stand-up fight. The only way I, I see him winning is to get lucky on a takedown, basically, and submit Jan. All right, so you're going with Jan? I am indeed. All right, so for me, I'm going with Aljo. Um, I think he's going to win by decision. Uh, I think he's going to stay on the outside. I think he's going to use his length, use that wrestling, because he's a he's great from distance using that wrestling. The one time he did get caught was against um, Marlon Marais. Caught him with a uh, leg kick, but caught him with a knee as he was coming in for the takedown. Um, I don't see him making that mistake again. I think he learned his lesson there. Um, so I'm going with Aljo by decision. All right. Good. Another another one we're going to disagree on. So listen, and... if you go What's into that? if you go into the Amanda fight, I'm just going to go ahead and show you my notes that I have here. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. Not even close. Uh, Amanda is the goat. That's pretty much what I have here. Yeah, I've got about a, I've got about half a page on on Jan and Sterling, half a page on Izzy and Jan, and then about four lines on on Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson. So let's just start with the ridiculous odds on this, even more ridiculous than your typical Amanda Nunes line, which is typically going to hover around negative eight hundred to negative a thousand. Outrageous. Amanda Nunes is minus twelve fifty right now uh with megan anderson being plus 750 uh and there's not even value on megan anderson at plus 750 no at this point they're just they're just taking people out of the woodwork and lining them up and amanda nunez is just knocking them down it's ridiculous they don't even have rankings i know ufc uh website for this division it's just amanda holding two titles so let me read you let me read you what i wrote down for this fight what way could anderson win Clinch, ground game, both he's has a record of failing to control both the clinch and the ground game, even against inferior opponents, right? So how's she going to do that against uh, Amanda Nunes? Uh, her takedown defense is weak. The short answer to my question of what way could Anderson win is no. <laughs> Just Nothing. no, there is no way. Um, <laughs> She's not going to knock her out. No, of course not. I mean, that would be absolutely unbelievable. Now, this fight is at, at 145, so if Amanda's ever going to get caught, it's, you know, probably if more Cyborg likely to happen at 145, her, but... I'm not... A, we, we can move on to the main event now. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> just uh, from a from a gambling perspective, just pass on this. Nobody... Don't even, yeah. don't even worry about it, guys. Um, all right. Unless you're ready for this? Unless you're going to put 50000 on Amanda, what's the point? 
That's right. But uh, if you're rich enough to be gambling 50,000, is it really worth the payout at exactly. minus 1250? <laughs> so I agree with you. Let's, let's go ahead and move on. And uh, let's get ready to talk about the fight that we have been waiting for for months, ever since Jan took the title, really. Um, this has been talked about and, and in the works. So right now we have Israel Adesanya minus 230, Jan at plus 185. Take it away, Josh. All right. So I didn't really have a lot of notes on this fight. Um, from what I've seen before, uh, Jan is kind of like a Paulo. He's kind of like a Romero, both big, both powerful. They're all all kind of built the same way if you kind of look at their stature and look what Izzy did to yeah i would use the word hulking yeah and look what izzy did to them you know he made it look easy the romero fight was boring yes but i mean he won that fight it was awful (laughs) um you know his footwork is better uh jan has the ko advantage absolutely you know that Polish power is ridiculous. What he did to uh, Dominic's ribs, I rewatched that fight the other day. It was brutal. Those leg Nasty. kicks, he was, those body kicks he was throwing, man, it was brutal. Um, the only way that I see this actually being a good fight is if Izzy can't make the walk and Glover and Jan fight. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't think you're going to get out of Jan what you got out of Yoel Romero, which was essentially runaway. I don't think that's coming. I don't think that's coming our way here. And actually I was, I was digging into, you know, the stats a little bit and I think Jan is a little more efficient than people probably think he is. um, Particularly with his jab and, and with his movement. Um, I think it gets a little underrated just because of how, like we were talking about how he's just kind of one of those hulking dudes right. who, um, you know, kind of looks like he's just built to lean forward and plow through some shots. Um, I mean, the, the volume and the, the accuracy numbers across the board are pretty similar, although Izzy will hit you with a little bit more uh, of the calf kick. And I think that could play a huge role in this fight. With, with Jan power. being a guy that you think of as being kind of top heavy again, just we're really uh, we're really generalizing Jan based on his body. We're really body shaming Jan right now. Yeah, and and you know it's nothing against Jan. I just don't think that he's he's good enough to beat Izzy. I just don't. I mean, it's not. I think he he had a great matchup against Dom, um, and he. I mean, he looked great in that fight. He did. But they, you got to remember, him and Izzy both fought on that card. Izzy looked better. Absolutely. And honestly, you know, Dominic Reyes is, is kind of, in my eyes, a little bit of a poor man's Izzy. Like, it's kind of a similar fighting style. Um, and I don't know, man. I think... I don't think that the KO is Jan's only path to victory. I don't think he's ever going to hit Izzy with a shot that's going to knock out Izzy. I think Izzy's too quick. Um, I think he's going to hit him with some of those calf kicks, get him a little wobbly. 
But what I do think Jan could do that nobody is talking about is get a takedown and use that size to his advantage. He doesn't do it a lot, but when he does shoot for a takedown, he's really efficient. He gets them at a pretty high rate. And so if he was able to do that, now the thing is not just taking Izzy down, is keeping him down, right? Because he's so quick and so slippery and gangly that, and deceptively strong yeah. too, and, that and he will just mind, pop right back up. Keep in mind, so I was listening earlier and Izzy is walking around at 193. Oh, so, wow. So he's not, at, even at the 205 limit, you know, he's walking around at that 193 range. That's crazy because if Jan can get him on the ground and get his body weight forward and really press on the shoulders and on the head of Izzy, kind of drain his gas tank a little bit and take away some of that quickness advantage and, that Izzy is going to have, I think there's a path there for Jan. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that there's not a path, but like you said, like we're going with takedowns. Um, I think – it's not just going for takedowns. I think it's putting him against the cage, grinding on him there, you know, almost like Usman did to Masvidal. I mean, if, if you got to step on his damn feet, step on his feet, do whatever you got to do to win the fight because your paths to victory aren't as great as Izzy's are. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. That's just it is, is he's going to have to try and sap that energy and mm -hmm. really use that grappling if he wants to have any shot. Of Absolutely. either catching him in, you know, a second or a third round KO or TKO, or to me, the other potential route to victory is, is a ground and pound, right? Where he just manages to get on well, top Jan's, of him and get a favorable, favorable position and, and just pound him. Jan's not, he's, he's got some submissions, you know, he's got a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, so he's not no slouch on the ground. So it should be interesting. When it comes to that aspect of it, I don't think it'll hit the ground. I think if, if Jan has a chance, he, he has to put him against the cage. Mm -hmm. Don't try and wear your own self out trying to get him down and hold him down. Mm -hmm. I think he, he needs to do that, the same approach that Usman did to Masvidal. All right. Well, are you ready to make a pick on this, the final fight of our very first right-hand, left-hand podcast? Yeah, I've got Izzy by uh, decision. Yeah, I uh, I also have Izzy, um, probably by decision. I, I, I think Jan's got a, a great chin, so I don't really see Adesanya yeah, I mean, being able to put him out of it. But yeah, Santos has uh, put Jan out, but other than that, I don't really know who else has. Then again, I thought Paulo Costa had enough chin to – stand up a little bit better than he did too it's just izzy is just so it was, deceptively it was, it was strong the wine man. he had remember it was that bottle of wine he had oh he don't get me started on this guy man. <laughs> had too much wine the night before like you never like you're not a professional fighter and you give me a break man all right well we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up i guess here on that note with uh with us agreeing so we did agree yeah, well, on the amanda fight obviously um, but I went Jan and you went Sterling. So we've got enough mm -hmm. of, uh, of disagreement enough, uh, and debate here. Absolutely. For some bragging rights here. I think we got one, two, three. We got three out of the uh, seven fights. So that can make a difference. That's right. Absolutely. Man, 
I'm excited for this fight. I am excited to get back with you next week and do this again uh, and yeah, to do absolutely. this going forward. Um, real quick, before before we wind down, though, I did want to give a betting one last betting tip because there's not much value on Islam at minus 335. Um, and, you know, the, I think there is value on Izzy at minus 230 because you're not going to probably get him in the middleweight division with that type of a line. No. So, you know, if you wanted to go big on Izzy, you could. But what I actually did is I parlayed Izzy and Islam because I think Islam's pretty much a lock. And I got pretty close to even money on that one. It wasn't quite even money. Uh, I think it was around minus 115, minus 110, something like that when I parlayed those together. But if you're looking to get a little bit more value out of a couple of these main card fights, that's what I'd recommend. Um, and then bet on the Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakich fight at your own peril. Uh, I am yeah. not touching that one with a 10-foot pole. And I'm actually going to put out a DraftKings lineup uh, tomorrow. So check it out on the YouTube page. All right. I was about to say, where can our listeners find that? Yeah, it'll um, be on the, the right left YouTube page. So I'll have that up and running tomorrow. Awesome. Um, you know, we should, we should consider having you put those out on, on Twitter as well, putting picks out on Twitter as well. But we'll develop the social media stuff as we go on here. Uh, yeah, so bear with us, guys. We will get everything figured out eventually. <laughs> a little bit harebrained on the first one. We were just so excited that we really wanted to, to start. And really, it's just two guys, two guys cutting it up, um, two best buds who met as the, uh, as the bio in our YouTube page says sling and barbecue in nashville mm -hmm. uh and you know we've gone our separate ways i live in oklahoma now josh is back home in north carolina where we're both originally from uh but man i'm really excited to embark on this journey with you and uh man just a little preview for next week as we as we come to an end here I'm looking forward to talking about this Leon Edwards fight and the welterweight division. We're going to finally see him back in, back in action. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and not only that, but uh, Bilal Muhammad too, man. I'm mm -hmm. Remember the name, baby. Oh, I remember. It's hard to forget <laughs> after some of the stuff he's done. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about in the welterweight division, obviously, with uh, Usman's recent just absolute brilliant title defense. Man, he looked great. Uh, Masvidal out there barking for another title shot. Excited to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I want to rail against how dirty they did Alistair Overeem this past week as well after uh, after they let him go. But yeah, him and JDS gone. Well, I think JDS probably yeah, he uh, deserved it a little bit more than Alistair did, but we can talk about that next week. And thanks for joining us here on Right Hand Left Hand. Once again, I'm John and my boy Josh right here. Thanks for being with us. Josh, send us off. Y'all have a good night. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>